All right, we are here in day three, uh, doing morning prayers online. Uh, I am uh, Doug Paul, I'm a pastor at Easton Fellowship. I'm also one of our uh, house church leaders at Easton Fellowship. We have um, kind of like a network of house churches, and we would oftentimes gather for worship publicly on Sundays. And right now, we are not doing that. Our house churches are online. I uh, want to encourage you, if you're not in a house church, um, and you would like to be in one, uh, just email eastonfellowship at gmail.com, and we would love to get you into one of these online groups that we have. Um, here is, um, I'm once again putting in today the, uh, the link to the daily text. Uh, so every, every day when you open your email box, uh, there will be a download of the, uh, the scripture passages that we are going to be uh, looking at today. And real quickly, I want to... Um, pull up the daily text today and have that ready because what we do at the end of our our uh, readings is we use it as uh, the what's called the watchword of the day there's like one single um, there's like one single passage that oftentimes comes from the Psalms that we'll read uh, just one one scripture verse helps orient our hearts towards the day and then we'll have a um, we'll have a time where we actually use the uh, the closing prayer as well um, Michael Colby Good to see you. Denai, good to see you. Um, hey, I want to uh, remind us that we, we actually have a Bible tool that, we, that we've that we developed as one of our key foundational tools for discipleship. And it's it's a real simple thing. If you're interested in it, uh, email me and I can send it over to you. We have a chapter, we have a video, and we have a uh, just a, a simple image of what that looks like. But there are three questions when we come to the text that we're asking. The first is, what does the text say? Uh, then we're asking, what does uh, what is the spirit stirring in me? And then ask. Then last, we're we're asking, what do I take away? And so those are the three questions. Whenever whenever it is that we're engaging with the Word of God, and, and particularly here in the context of online morning prayers, um, we're asking, what does the text say? So I'm going to work through that. What is stirring in me? And so that's a question that you'll be asking yourself. I'm hoping after our, our time and morning prayers have come to an end. And then lastly, what are you going to do about it today? What are you doing, what are you going to take away from this time? Um, so our text today is going to be coming. Uh, you, you can see if you've been joining with us day after day that we are we're just working through the book of Matthew right now. That's the text that we find ourselves in with the Moravian daily text. Um, and we are going to be coming from Matthew 24 verses 45 through 51. Um, it is hard to imagine a more difficult text to start with than the ones that we have been given. Um, but the good news is that these are these are scripture passages that have obviously been around for quite some time. But even the ordering of how we read them have been around for hundreds of years. And so we're, we're believing that uh, God saw this day and he knew that these would be the passages we are interacting with. So Matthew chapter 24, verses 45 through 51. I'm reading in the NIV version. Um, for those of you who really want to nerd out, it's the 1984 NIV version. So, Aisha, that was just for you. I know that you were probably laughing when I said that, so I'm going to keep reading now. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper returns, uh, at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. 
The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and an, at an hour that he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, this, is the, this is the passage that we have been working through. Um, it is, uh, Jesus is approaching the final, final moments of his, his life on earth. And at this point, he is talking about what the end of the world is like. You know that in day one, uh, that, that's where we start. We started with like some really interesting and somewhat dark apocalyptic literature. Uh, and we're kind of coming to the end of this three-day run of Jesus talking about the end of the world, when he's going to come back. No one knows when it's going to happen and how we should be living because of that. Um, and so the thing that, a couple things that I want to point out from this passage that I think are helpful for us. Um, at the very beginning, in chapter, or excuse me, in verse 45, it says, who then is the faithful and wise servant? Um, and the thing to like, the thing that you want to be thinking about, and Matt, the book of Matthew does this a lot, uh, is that when it talks about wise, um, the wise person or the wise man, like there's some, uh, you know how in your car you have these, these lights on your dashboard, and when something different is happening, like one of the lights turns on, like you need gas. Uh, or you need to change your oil or whatever it is. When you see the word wise in the book of Matthew, it should, um, it should make a light on your dashboard go off. And this is why. Uh, go all the way back to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount with this parable about the wise man and the foolish man. He's like, the wise man is the one who builds his house on the rock. The foolish man is who builds his house on the sand. Um, and then throughout the rest of Matthew, one of the things that Jesus does a lot is that he likens like his disciples he, to the wise man um, that is written about in uh, the book of Proverbs and is talked about a lot in the in the Old Testament. And so, for, for the Jewish people, what a question that they were regularly asking is like, what not only what does wisdom look like, but how do I become the wise person? And what Jesus is saying to his disciples specifically in this passage, but in lots of different passages in Matthew. Is, is basically like, guys, you are the new wise people. That's who you are to be. Um, and so the way, that, the, the way that wisdom is described and the kind of person you are to be in the book of Proverbs, I am saying that I have come so that you can finally become those kinds of people. And so the thing that is really important when we think about wisdom and we think about like wise people um, is that over and over and over again, when we, when we look at what they're like, the thing that is ultimately at the core of who they are, that foundation of who they are, is that it's about character. It's about character. And character, at the end of the day, is what you do when no one is looking. Character are the things that you do when no one is looking. It's not just the things that you think. It's about the things that you do when no one is looking. And in this parable, that is exactly what is happening. The question that Jesus is asking is like, what are you like when no one is looking? And so the way that he situates this for like the end of the world is he says, look, there's going to be a time when I'm coming back and I am collecting my entire family. That is going to happen. Um, but my question Jesus seems to be saying, it's like, what are you going to be doing around that moment when I come? Are you going to be the wise man who, if you, if you look at this, he says in, um, 
in verse 46, it says, it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. What is it that he is doing? The thing that he is doing is that he has been put in, he is, um, he's given them food and he, at the proper time. And so it's this, the sense of like, I know that like there are, there are people that I need to be responsible for and I'm doing the right things, even when my master isn't around, even when I have no idea when he's going to come back. Um, and Jesus is like, look, this is what character looks like. It's doing the things, it's caring for other people, even when like no one else is looking. And if, if there's ever a passage actually that's somewhat interesting when it comes to quarantine, it's like a lot of us are, are not around a lot of people right now. And so what are the ways in which like you are caring for other people, even when no one is looking right now? Like, how is that? How, how, how are we doing that? How is that happening? Um, and so like a, a question that, that we could ask today as we're thinking about not just what the text says, but even like what might the spirit be stirring in us is what are you doing today? Uh, because what we don't know is this, like the return of Jesus could happen today and it could surprise you. And so if that were to happen, like as we think about this particular parable and this reading, like what is it that Jesus would find you doing? The thing that he pokes at in this parable is that he says, look, the, the wicked person, because in, in the book of Proverbs, you see this dichotomy, like this is what the wise person looks like and is doing. This is what the wicked person looks like and is doing. The wicked person honestly isn't doing like the worst things in the world and at this particular thing. It's what they're doing is they are feeding their own self-interest and selfishness. So what it is that they're doing is they're not caring for other people. And instead, the thing that they're doing is they're going out and getting hammered with their friends. Like that's the thing, like that is not at the end of the day, as we look at like all of the things that scripture talks about, that's not like the worst thing in the world. But in this case, Jesus is poking at it. And he's like, the reason this person is wicked isn't necessarily because they're going out and getting hammered with their friends, though that might not be like the best use of time. Um, but what he's getting at is like, the wise person is caring for other people and the wicked person is only caring for themselves. And so if the question is like, what are you doing today as if the return of Jesus were to happen today? Are you orienting yourself today um, for, around others? and what it is that they need, and caring for them? Or is it only about fighting for your own self-interest? Is it only about fighting and thinking like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna serve myself first? Um, and I think it, it's really important for us to think about this uh, in these days that we're in, um, in thinking about character, because character is being revealed in different ways right now, because this is a really different set of circumstances. And so if character is about what we do, when when no one is watching the thing for us to think about is we are in a time and a place where we are all getting squeezed right now that's our experience we're all getting squeezed the challenge in our life has all gone way up and all of the support that we normally would feel about just just from like what a normal day looks like that has dramatically dropped and so we are all getting squeezed and so the thing with the, the thing to think about is this when when you squeeze an orange the thing that comes out is orange juice. And when you squeeze an apple, the thing that comes out is apple juice. And when you squeeze a Christian, the thing that we want to come out is Jesus. That's what we want to come out when we are squeezed. And what I think a lot of us are seeing, and this is completely normal, this is completely true of me too, 
um, is that when we are squeezed, a lot of the stuff that comes out is me. A lot of the stuff is like my junk and my brokenness and my self-preservation and the things that I do that want to feed myself and my own self-interest and my own selfishness. And the good news in this passage today that, that I've been thinking about this morning is there is an opportunity um, to come to the Lord today and to be like, look, <coughs> excuse me, look, I'm, I am, when I'm squeezed, the thing that most naturally comes out is me. And Lord, I need access to your power today. Um, and through the gospel, I have access to that. Um, so that instead of the thing that comes out of me is selfishness or fear or worry or anxiety, the thing that I want to come out of me instead as the wise person is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control because I want the fruit of my life today to be the fruit of the Spirit's work in my life today. I want the presence of God to saturate my day that the thing that comes out of that is the fruit of the presence of that relationship with God, which we call the fruit of the Spirit. And so I think that's, at least for me today, that's what's been stirring in me. Um, the last couple of days, there have been good things that have come out of me, and there have been not so good things that have come out of me. And I think uh, the opportunity for us is to go to the foot of the cross today, to go to Jesus, who we now have access to because of his death and resurrection, uh, and ask for a power um, that is not our own, that would give us a character that even, even though we, we do not know when Jesus will come back, and even though there are not as many people watching us right now, um, we would have the character of the wise person today. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Those are the kinds of people that we want to be today. So I want to read the, uh, the watchword of today, which is from Psalm 104. All look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hands, they're filled with good things. And then this is what 1 Peter 2, 3 says. You have tasted that the Lord is good. You have tasted that the Lord is good. Um, it, can, it can feel sometimes in these seasons, which none of us have experienced before, where we might like, is the Lord good? Um, is the Lord gathering up the food? Is the Lord going to do that provision thing that this is talking about. Um, and I think the thing for us to think about today as we go into the day, as we think about being the wise man with this kind of character, um, is that we look to the past and we remember all of the ways in which the Lord has delivered, all the ways that the Lord has come through, all the ways that the Lord has been faithful, because that looking to the past gives us a picture of what God is going to do in the present and in the future. This is the, uh, our final prayer, and then I will, I will let you get to your day. Holy Provider, today we are grateful for your provisions, your love for the hungry, and your sacramental holy meal. Thank you for continuing to bless us with your grace. Amen. Easton Fellowship and other folks who are joining in, I, I really want to say, like, I think you are making a wise choice to be here. Um, not only to start your word, your day with the word of God, um, 
and, and letting that be a foundational thing. But like it just as we think about what it is to be on this journey together, having grounding points at, at, and creating rhythms in our day is, is really, really helpful. Um, so just want to say good job. All right, guys, we'll see you tomorrow.